Hello, all you Cowboys and Indians. This is another edition of the Brooks and Raymer Podcast with your host, Brian Brooks and Paul Raymer. All right, jumping in there. He's ready to go, and I'm ready to go, too. We're going to jump off with another of our patented excellent introductions. If there's anything a podcast should be known for, it is an excellent introduction. If you've got a weak, shitty, limp introduction, I don't even know what you're doing out here. Paul, do you know? No, I don't. You know, that's one thing we've always been known for, Brian, is is good starts and good introductions. We've developed that, yeah. Yeah. I think if for anything, people are, you know, probably just tune in for the first, like, what, 45 seconds, and then they think, yeah, I got what I came for. Solid. Actually, I get questions on the street all the time. Hey, what are you drinking right now, man? And I, I mean, they know, yeah. they know. I don't, I don't think people even listen to the sports talk. I think they just come for the intro and the, what are you drinking? And yeah. then they say, okay, well, that's what I wanted. That's it's what all I, I needed from this. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm proud to introduce my, what am I drinking? I'm today having a margarita. It's uh, not an especially gorgeous day or particularly warm. It's in the mid seventies, but, uh, the situation called for it. So I'm doing some Grand Marnier, some Anihilo mm. uh, 1800 tequila, which was not significantly cheap, but I bought it for somebody else. And then, uh, unfortunately, I did go with the generic um, margarita mix, which is on point and on brand for me. That's how I live. That's, That's how I live. So are you a, a salt on the rim or a sugar on the rim guy? I am. I'm a neither because. You're a neither. Okay. Yeah. I just want the margarita. You know, I don't need the extraneous. I, I'm okay with that. I can't, I can't do the salt. I know people like the salt on the rim. For me, mm, I'm out. Yeah. I. If it's, you know, like a specialty flavored margarita, like some kind of mango thing, and they do some kind of fancy sugar, okay, I'm down. But just, you know, the traditional, I don't need the salt. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying I, to, you know, make, make bacon last for nine months outside, you know, because, you know, it's prehistoric times or something. I don't need that. Yeah, it's like the, what are those tequila shots where or, where you, you, what is it? You lick the salt, you, you squeeze the lime, and then you. Yeah, sh- and then you do the, the shot. Yeah. yeah. There's got to be a I'm name a, for that. There probably is. I think that's just how you drink tequila. Like, I don't think you can drink tequila. If you shoot and, it, yeah. If you shoot yeah. it. That's but. true. So, Brooks and Raymond Podcast brought to you by two U.S. Navy veterans. Paul, do you think our listeners should particularly give a shit that we're veterans? I I don't think they should give a shit, but, you know, no, acknowledging not, where we come from. veterans are full of shit. Guess what? Veterans are full of shit, and anyone that thinks you should give honor to veterans just because they previously served are just trying to get something for nothing. They're trying to achieve status. Which is uh, not how you should uh, deserve and earn things in the world by maintaining status. Because of I feel like this is coming from given. somewhere. What, what happened? Uh, that's a fine point. I don't know. It's just my little Brooks and Rimpa, you know, take on. Okay. You know, that's, how right. we're, that's how we're going to take down the white supremacy is, uh, you know, by taking away status. And uh, I don't particularly I think that our merits as veterans entitles us to a greater. No, I don't opinion. have a more. Formed opinion than anybody no. else, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. But our Austin, our audio listeners uh, come to pay attention to our uh, excellent introductions, and that has nothing to do with us being veterans. So, uh, hey, Paul, what are you drinking? Oh, Brian, I'm glad you asked. There you go. <laughs> right. That's how we move forward. <laughs> Paul, what are we, you we, drinking today? So I actually have to go to work in about uh, two hours and 15 minutes. So I just woke up and I'm sadly drinking coffee. I am boring today. I apologize. But turns out your work doesn't like it if you come in drunk. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can I can personally attest to not. I have firsthand experience at seeing others uh, come in with uh, alcohol in their breaths. And as it turns out, again, unlike <laughs> the Navy, they actually do care in the most yeah. professional settings. <laughs> there's so a, uh, I've seen some negative consequences guy. for that. I work with an army guy and we end up just 
I'm not going to say reminiscing, but just swapping stories and like regaling the other people that weren't in the military about, oh yeah, back in my day, we'd stand watch and then go <laughs> drink and then go back to stand watch. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it yeah. doesn't seem like that long ago. No. So uh, today is uh, Monday, June the 15th. We're approaching Juneteenth, which is a nationally recognized holiday. <clears throat> it's not I, I a nationally recognized a holiday. holiday. Did you? Honestly. In full honesty, no, I did not. No, yeah, no. yeah. I, I only learned about the Tulsa race massacre, honestly, like uh, a year ago. Uh, I knew. I actually did know about that. Yeah. It was like an yeah. affluent neighborhood in Tulsa that got it burned was, to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And like killed three to four or 500 you know, African-American. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I didn't even know about it until like a year ago. And I certainly didn't know about something called Juneteenth. But, you know, that's part of our responsibility is to educate ourselves. And I think, you know, to some extent we're doing it. Anyway. I watched uh, a PGA, a live sporting event yesterday, an American live sporting event, and I kind of enjoyed it. I'm, I'm super jealous. Like, cards on the table, guys. I, I didn't get to watch it because I was asleep, but um, I'm excited that actual sports are back. I did read some stuff. So, Brian, tell me what your thoughts are. What's your reactions? Uh, well, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I think it's a difficult starting jumping off point to talk about watching a live golf tournament. Uh, that's not a thing that a lot of people can really kind of sink their teeth into, especially one without fans. So you don't get like the big crowd reactions. Uh, so I weird, enjoyed it. No fan. Was it weird as a spectator? Uh, I was into it. And so I didn't particularly care. Uh, but I think if I was on the fence, then I would have driven me away. Uh, there was some good, decent, some drama down the end. Um, but there was a big bunch. There was about four or five players who were, at the lead or one stroke behind the lead. And at least three players went to the final hole needing a birdie. And they got like a, let's say, four to ten foot putt to make a birdie and tie for the lead. And Ooh, all, that's some all drama but, then. Yeah, all but one guy missed. Mm. Uh, one one guy that who ended up winning, I think it was Dave Berger, he actually made the birdie putt on 18 to tie the leader. Force the playoff, basically. Force the playoff. And then the guy he tied, Colin, last name, uh, he came on, and if he had sunk his birdie putt, he would have taken minus 16, and he would have won the tournament, as it turns out. Um, how close were these groups? Like, was this – you know how sometimes golf, like, it's all, like 20 All that drama, later. yeah, it all happened in – no, no, it was it was in a tight 45. Okay, gotcha. And then the the guy who was leading for the most of it, Xander Shoffley, who was going last because he started last, because he was in the lead, as we know. Uh, he had – he was tied for the lead, and then he <laughs> – he – Three putted on seventeen to actually oh. go out of the lead, so he was putting for birdie to to take the lead, missed it by three. So he, all right, he has a par putt for three feet, should have made it and and stayed in the lead. He missed the, the three footer. He missed the three footer. Not only did Those he miss kill it, you, man. That's such not, an amateur. I mean, he yeah. he rolled it out. He he had it in. Oh. Ball did one of those three hundred ten degrees around the inside of the lip, and then just came just shit itself back out. Yeah, and man, and, and so then he went from actually get from birdie putt to par putt to bogey putt, which was two inches. And he went from potentially down 16 to down 14. And, uh, and that, yeah. that was it. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of drama, uh, one whole playoff Dave Berger ended up uh, winning. And, um, he was the one guy who made it, who made his birdie putt on 18 to actually tie for the lead. And so he uh, went in with some momentum then. Yeah, well, it's odd though because he did that, and then he had to sit for you know about forty five minutes while he waited for everyone else to finish. Yeah, uh, yeah. What was cool? They had the reaction shots of every player who was watching the the putts on the eighteenth, and you know they were forty yards away, but 
no fans so they, so they had a view from the clubhouse and so you're watching them watch someone else you know if they make it they're out if they miss it then they're in and so you get to watch these players in real time watching you know if they still have a chance or not and that was kind of fun what i mean were they gracious or were they like oh yeah they're all super gracious yeah no like there was no no i think golf in some way needs that villain for people to hate and it wasn't like you and me playing when we actively root against each other no 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 it was Okay. I think the PGA is filled with pretty much good sportsmen. I, if I bet you, if cameras weren't there, though, I think there'd be a little bit more. What do you think? Mm, I mean, if it was just the two guys out on the links, and yeah, you know there yeah. weren't millions of dollars of prize money in stake, I don't know. Yeah. I bet they'd still be. If you can be a good sport with a million dollars of prize money, you're going to be a good sport with ten bucks. All money. right, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. yeah. All right, let me ask you this: Did you watch the Lance Armstrong documentary? I have not watched it, but I know enough about it that I can. can yeah, the, so you're I, not. If again, you watch I, it. to be sad, I mean, I'm a, a sports podcaster, Brian, but my sports in the last couple months has been sad. I, I get it. You you work at nights, and uh, yeah, that's that's Good. not a, yeah. So you're not. If you watch it, you're not going to discover anything you didn't already know. If you know the basic narrative, yeah, you, yeah. you're not going to be enlightened. You're it's reliving the past. And it's a fun story, but there's no new information. So I was a big Lance Armstrong fan. I mean, I think most back in the were. day, I think most people were like, yeah, I, not not to the point where I was like, I'm going to be a cyclist, but you know, just kind of like, oh, that guy's cool, like that pretty, stuff. Yeah, and, pretty fun story. At what so, point did you start to suspect that there may be devious behavior? Well, the fact that he would he would constantly deny and then blame other people to me always seemed suspect. Like, like he would, people, his friends would come out and be like, yeah, that was, this is how this worked. And and then he would like shit all over him. And so to me, that was like a, a red flag. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, to give you, give you the time frame. So he debuted around 1990 or 91, uh, diagnosed with cancer, I think around 94 testicular cancer and had chemotherapy. And so he was out of cycling from like 94 to 97. So came back around 98, but still wasn't that great. Came back in 99 and he won the Tour de France in 99. And then he went on to win seven times in a row. Uh, so he retired from cycling around 90, or 2005, 2006. And there were rumors, but nothing really came out. And then uh, 2007, some guy, Floyd Landis, won the Tour de France. Uh, then he immediately popped positive and failed drug tests. And so he was his title was taken away. And uh, 2009, Armstrong comes out of retirement, and there's more rumors. 2010, 11, there's investigations, and there's evidence is leaking. And then uh, uh, all of his teammates have to go to a court deposition, and they come out with the truth. And uh, and in 2013, finally, uh, Armstrong does an Oprah interview where he admits to doping. So the admittance came in 2013, uh, after decades plus. years of denial, right? Yeah. Not only yeah. denial, but strong accusations to the and in, in the confirmant or right opposing side and multiple counter lawsuits. I think that's the thing we can learn about all these guys, though, is that like just because they're strong denials, like all these guys dot, lie about it. Like anybody that's doping, like they they've got their story straight for the most part, or like yeah. steroids or or whatever the deal is. You know, like all those baseball players did the same thing for years. Oh yeah. But, Let me ask you this. I, I'm yeah. going to tell you a little more, a little more number. The Lance, the Livestrong Foundation, 
which is ranked or which is rated four stars out of four by a charity ranking organization. So they, they don't just take money. They actually, you know, give it out. He, the Livestrong Foundation has raised over $500 million in 15 year history. So here's the, here's the real crux. Here's the only question, not the only question, but here's the question. Is Lance Armstrong a hero or a villain? I think that's, I think it's a little of both, man. So my, my big opinion about that too, is that every, everybody in that era to some extent was doping on the cycle cycling circuit. So like, and that's what the documentary says too. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've read and done a little bit of, uh, of, I'm not gonna say research, but I've, I've, I've read about this a lot and there is nobody that was a top cyclist between like 19, the late eighties and you know, whenever Lance Armstrong came out, yeah, that probably didn't like, dope. You yeah. know, if you wanted and, to have a chance, you had to dope. If right. you he wanted just to stay had, clean, you were not going to win. He just had the most advanced system at the time, so he was never caught. Right, um, and that was the thing is is like, how, you know, uh, people are like, well, he had to have done it to get him back from cancer, and it's like, well, actually, the kind of doping he was doing, it wasn't like superhuman. No, it was like how do I just refresh my blood? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, how do I stay... raise the oxygen content in my blood? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't making him superhuman or anything like that. Like, yeah. but all these guys did it. So I, I don't really fault Lance Armstrong, you know, I mean, he's, he, he maybe should have come out with it earlier, but I mean, he's a human. He probably, he's yeah views himself as this, you know, larger than life guy. And, if he thinks he can get away with it, he's going to, you know, try. So I, I don't really view him too much as a villain. The Livestrong thing, man. I mean, I remember there was a time where everybody I knew had one of those little bands. Yeah. You yeah. Know? They sold in excess of 80 million of those little yellow yeah. wristbands. And he I, did such I, a good job. Go ahead. I, so it was a bit of a trick question. The question is, is he a hero or a villain? You're absolutely right. You nailed it. It's a trick question. He's, he's neither. He's just human. Yeah. Right. I, I think the, the preconcept of heroes, villains is, it's uh, it's sophomoric and it's elementary. That's not humanity. Humanity is gray. It's not black and white. We don't live in a simple world. And so why would you expect simple titles? Uh, I think he's done a lot of good, and I think he's ruined a few lives, you know, measured in the less than tens. But he's also disappointed how many people with the, you know, the fairy tale story of seven Tour de France titles, you know, coming back from cancer survivor. It's still an amazing story, but it's a flawed story, and that's humanity. And if you can't accept that, then... Then you're yeah, I mean, this is the, the world. I haven't watched the the long gone summer thing, but um, I think that's out now or is coming out here shortly. Yeah, with it came out Tammy last night. And, okay, but I mean, I know the, the same thing's going to be said. It's going to be like uh, it was so awesome, it was fun, but obviously it was tainted by steroids and blah yeah. blah blah. Like the Bob Costas quote is, "There was a price to pay." Well, yeah. okay, I don't really. I don't know. I, and it's a small and price. I don't care. Different different situation, but to me, I'm just like as. I enjoyed it. I did. I enjoyed Lance Armstrong. You know, I mean, to be honest with you, the whole arc of the story was just super fascinating. And as a spectator, like his rise and fall was amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, it's, it's, it, it is a pretty entertaining story, but if you do watch it, I think you'll come away with a few things. One of which, uh, he's kind of likable, but at the same time, he's kind of a prick. Like he, yeah. Yeah. It's a weird little, he still doesn't Dichotomy. quite own it, right? No, he owns it pretty well, but he explains that, you know, oh, I had to, if I wanted to compete, everyone else was doing it. Well, that's that's what I mean. Like, he's not, he's not, he, yes, he's owning it, but to the point where 
he's still defensive, right? Yeah. And then, so one of the better questions they asked him is in the entire process, you know, who do you feel the worst about? Who do you screw over the most? And he owns it and he lists a few people to where he did some pretty horrible things. Uh, but then at the end, you know, they say, you know, or he, he emphasizes as a point of his own pride that he would not change a thing. He would have done, if a chance to redo, he would do everything exactly the same. Yeah. So how can you say, I really screwed these people over, but I would do it again? Well, so I, I, I think the thing, you know, I'm sure his life is great. I'm sure he's got millions and millions of dollars. Do you know what? It, I looked it up. Do you know what his net worth is? I'm sure it's big. I don't know. I have no it, idea. So at its peak, he was worth 125 mil uh, and it was trending up. And then now he's at 50 mil, five zero million. Okay, Which is so pretty substantial. if he's just Joe Schmo that competes in races but never wins, is he even cracking the million mark? You know, oh, probably not. No, so, probably not. So I mean, of course he doesn't regret it. Like maybe he, got, he looks. He also got dumb fuck lucky. He invested a hundred k, which you know, if he was worth one hundred twenty five at the time, you know, that's pretty. That's nothing. You know, yeah. Nothing. Anyway, he invested a hundred k in Uber in two thousand nine, yeah. when the Uber value was at three point seven million. So, Uber's currently ranked, yeah, yeah. Uber's currently at 120 billion with a B. So that one yeah. paid out pretty well. They talk about that in the thing. No, or actually, that, that doesn't up? come up. I found that no. independent. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> yeah, not only do we consistently have an excellent opening introduction to our podcast, you That's can true. get you know a modicum of expected research for our topics That's on the true. Brooks and Ramer podcast. That you you're you're not wrong about either of those things. The, st- no. the intros are always excellent and background research. Yeah, we we don't even have a team. It's just you and me. You know, it's people would be surprised to know that that we don't have writers that write. You're the right. Intro. They'd think that we're we're doing. We've got like a guy that's checking all the facts in the background, but that's not true. Yeah, it's. No. I don't know about you, but I don't have like a little you know talking you know earpiece in my left ear. You know, giving me clues as to what you know. It just comes, yeah. people. That's how we wake up in the morning. He, he just woke up two o'clock in the afternoon and this is what comes out. This is the quality. You Throwing get. heat. They're in high nineties right now. <laughs> yeah. From the intro, from the yeah. jump. All right. If we're talking about throwing high nineties, we should talk a little bit about the state of baseball in America. Oh, I see what you did there. I have yeah. thoughts. So I, I imagine you've got some qualified rage. So let's, let, let's just start off with that. Cause I don't know if everybody knows now. I don't know the specific, numbers because it changes every freaking day um but basically the the problem right now is that there's going to be no fans in the stands right so a large portion of baseball's proceeds come from gate gate tickets right yeah and and merchandise food cups merchandise yeah so unlike other sports nfl nba even golf they get a lot of money off of tv rights I know baseball gets a lot of money off TV too. They they do. They do. But I'm saying like, I think that uh, because one, there's so many games and two, it's so regional, they get so much money off of uh, people coming to the games. Absolutely. Yeah. And so whenever they start back up, there's just not going to be as big of a pie to split up. So people, I've heard this from people at work because we kind of talk about it sometimes and they're like, I don't get it. Why don't they just play half the season and then pay players half the, half their rate. And I'm like, well, it's not, there's not that much money. Like you can't, if Bryce Harper makes whatever, 40 million a year, he's not yep. going to play half the games and get 20 million because there's not 20 million to pay him. Well, no, that's so, what, you know, that's what the players are wanting. Players they, are well, wanting that's what they want, but that's my point. Is yeah. They want that, right? So that's the, the player's argument is, well, if I'm playing 
75% of the games, I should still get 75% of my salary. That's, that's exactly what the players are trying to get. Yes. The owner's argument is, well, that's not fair because obviously there's not as much money. We should do some sort of, st- you know, pro rating or not pro rating, but like, all right, if you play okay. 75% of the games, you actually get 40% of your salary because yeah. now the, the pie is smaller and blah, yeah. blah, blah. They're trying to get a percentage of a yeah. prorated salary. And, and so they, yeah, go ahead. Well, so one of the tricks, well, it's not a trick, and one of the, the kinks is that in March, at the end of March, they agreed. And, you know, at the end of March was right when the coronavirus the pandemic was, was coming, was approaching a peak, right? So no one knew how bad it was going to get. No one still knows how bad it's going to get. That's a silly notion. But anyway, they, they agreed in March the, to a prorated salary. So if I if the players played 80 games out of 162 schedule, you'd get your salary multiplied mm-hmm. by 80 over 162, which is you know essentially 0.5, right? Like right. close enough. You could have just used 81 games. That would have been a better example. But yes, go ahead. I see your point. It's it's not without merit. Uh, but let's <laughs> let's uplift each other and not tear each other down right. on the Brooks and Rammer. So that's that's what the players are still fighting for. And what the owners agreed to in March, uh, with some language that's stepified, uh, you know, we're when the season's ready to come back, and with all financial incentives uh, taken into consideration. And you're absolutely right; the owners are going to make much less money, and they'll probably not make money. They'll probably be, you know, and run a deficit for this calendar year. And and that that's where we are. But yeah. here's what, I, and I think you'll agree with this. And I, I know I cut you off. I think. There's a national obligation. That That's uh, what I think, too. Yeah. Yeah. That should be greater than all of this argument. And then unfortunately, when it comes down to actually moving forward, it, it's not greater than. Yeah. And you hear baseball players coming out and saying, I'm not playing for a cent less than what I'm worth uh, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, they're tone infuriating. They don't I, understand what's going on. Like you and I have jobs, we're we're, we're fine, right? But there's yeah. still, I mean, unemployment's crazy. There's millions of Americans that, you know, they have nothing going for them right now. Yeah, they're honest. having to pass federal laws to push back rent due dates. Like, yeah, and, and unemployment's in the teens, worse since the 1930s, since the Great. I'm Depression. not saying like, baseball fixes everything, but you can't go to the movies right now. For the yeah. most part, you can't go to restaurants or, you know, I mean, may, maybe some of them are opening where you are. I don't know, but it's a totally different experience. Yeah, right. So and not everybody loves baseball, but those that do, that would be just turn on the TV, watching some baseball like that's entertainment. Yeah. I don't you know, know about you, but I'm pretty tired of whatever's on Hulu, Netflix. Oh, yeah. And Amazon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You, like, you, you cycle through the same stuff. And you're like, I really I'm, don't want to watch. I've this, gone through but, it. Yeah, it's. This is the first, I'm 38. This is the first, so I, that means I was a teenager in the 94 strike. Uh, I was into baseball, man. It was my thing. Uh, and and I was hardcore on the player's side. My entire life, I've been on the you know, player's owners. I'm on the player's side. And I'm not one of those people that's going to, you know, bitch about a player making millions of dollars because, you know, what? There's, there's millions of Americans that pay hundreds of dollars to baseball games. And so that money's going somewhere. And right. so really you're discussing no where's that baseball player. Yeah. Where's that money going to go? Is it going to go to an owner or to the players? And I've all my entire life aside with the players and here in no way am I trying to side with the owners. They have a point, but the players are, are incredibly tone deaf. And this is the first time I've ever just thought, you know, shut the fuck up and play baseball, man. Yeah. Now I don't think we, I haven't heard every player. I don't think they're all tone deaf. 
but you hear the all. ones you hear the ones that are and i'm i'm just like uh, you don't get it and there's and, a yeah, a, a pitcher for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays who came out and said, "Yeah, I'm, it's not worth it to me to play for less than my mail, million dollar salary. It's just not worth it." And I'm like, "What the fuck are you trying to say, man?" Yeah, because there's there's a whole bunch of essential grocery store employees who make you know minimum wage and have no other choice in life but to go and maybe get sick because you know the alternative is to you know get thrown out of your apartment and live in your car. Like, yeah, so. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of people that are putting their life at risk every day just to supply the country with food or, or whatever. Oh, yeah. And 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 you want millions of dollars to go play in a bubble somewhere where you're completely protected and will probably get room service daily. And, oh, and yeah. they're like, you know, okay. and you hear this in a couple of the sports too, where they're like, well, I don't want to be in a bubble that's, that's you know, I'm being constrained in my liberty. And you're just like, it, we're not talking about years. I'm not talking about. Holly Shore Biodome, like no. we're, we're we're talking a couple months, or for baseball, like you know, however much longer that takes, it's not the end of the world. It's one something. You and I both did yeah. military deployments the last six months, exactly. It, and you're not you staying in a five star resort with with uh, room service, you know? No, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It, it's it is it is maddening. Someone asked me, uh, you know, if if baseball doesn't come back this year. Let's just imagine a worst case scenario and, and somehow we get past the pandemic and baseball returns this one year of normal because the collective bargaining agreement expires after next season. So here's the question. Baseball doesn't come back this year. Will you come back to baseball? And my answer to that was, and this is as honest as I can be, if the Royals are good, I'm going to watch. And if the Royals are bad, I'm not. And, and that's yeah. as simple as it is. And that's taking away. I think that's going to be true stuff. for most people though. Like, that, but it's going to be true for a smaller portion of the per, of the population than it had been, right? So right, right. I I saw a stat that said in you know 1950, I think it was like 40 million people watched every single World Series game or World Series on TV monitoring was 40 million people, and in 2020 it was like nine. You know, and population has obviously you know almost doubled in that time frame, if not more. So the percentage of people who care about baseball nationally is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And this is only going to exaggerate that problem. And, uh, you know, that's the thing yeah. that I don't get. I think the owners should, honestly, I think the owners should cave. I, I do think the players are tone deaf, but like now is baseball's time. I mean, actually, they're almost going to lose it now. But the last oh, yeah. month, they had the opportunity to own not only sports, but like, I mean, think about it. What would oh, ESPN okay. be talking about instead of like South Korean Rand- baseball? Yeah, random yeah. shit all the time or whatever. Like you'd be talking about baseball. You'd show every game. You'd show every highlight. Oh yeah. And it would just be huge for them. And they're about to miss it because you know basketball's going to come back at the end of July. Golf's back. You know. Let me ask uh, you this question. I'm not sure if you've heard the speculation. Do you think the NBA will ship permanently shift its schedule and start at Christmas and finish in like August so that the NBA can own the summer? And the NBA playoffs will essentially be June, July, and August. Do you think the NBA does that? I so think they can get the only way they can do that really is I think they'd still have to reduce games. So you would have to get buy-in because already the players don't like doing the condensed schedule. Or like they don't want to do, you know, three games and five nights or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, they don't like back to back. So you're not going to be able to sell them on a condensed schedule with the same amount of games. Do you know what no, I'm, I'm saying? I'm just saying start the schedule just three months later. Thing. Yeah. Just yeah. shifted from start date in October to start date on Christmas. 
I think they'd be smart to. Um, I don't know if they will. I'm not sure who's disagreeing with that, but like, you know, that that October, November, December, whatever. No one cares. Back, nobody cares. Nobody's watching it. You're watching college football. You're watching the NFL. Yeah. You know, that's like uh, two to three months of their season that they don't get eyes because they're competing with college football and the NFL. Yeah. And if and you, so now you if they come it, back, they yeah. come back at Christmas, they catch, you know, the February basketball craze, they catch March Madness, and then the NBA playoffs are only competing with baseball. That's it. That's yeah. all the NBA playoffs are competing against. And I think the NBA playoffs, com- com- they, I would rather watch the NBA playoffs than a baseball game in August. Definitely. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, not that these sports cross over a lot, but the NHL playoffs is right around the NBA playoffs right now, right? Yeah, so they're on top of each other. If you other. shifted yeah. it, then you would be off that too. I mean, you yeah. know, I know they're not necessarily competing, but there is some segment of fans that's yeah. intermeshing there. So I think it would make sense. I would love it just because we know, we all know, as soon as the NBA stops, there's a couple months there that just suck. For It's like right now. It's yeah. honestly like right now where you're just like, oh, I yeah. guess I'll watch some baseball it doesn't matter if the, <laughs> or, yeah if the royals you know. are crap then yeah. the only thing i really looking forward to is like the top 10 plays at the end sports center mm-hmm. and i want to see you know somebody you know stretch out for a catch in the outfield i will anyway. say i think just a side note i think baseball top 10 is probably way better than any like i like it better than football catches or basketball dunks or whatever baseball hmm. players are so athletic i i love watching the catches or the the throw from third the yeah. throw from third. I just think they're impressive. I mean, you know, game winners or whatever. That's that's cool too. But like, yeah, I want to see. A, yeah, I want to see a guy with a radar gun on some of those third basemen. You know, where Manny Machado, yeah. you know, picks it up, picks a grounder up in a you know behind third base, and he's in the grass, and he just guns it to first. And you know, it's not a hop; it's just like a, a laser. You know, as as straight as you can possibly draw an arrow. I want to see someone with a gun on that. I want to see if he hits ninety. On a 120 yard throw or 120 foot throw, I bet some of them are, man. I mean, really, like that third to first throw. Like, I know it seems so simple, you know, but you've played, you've played softball, Brian, and baseball, yeah, right. You and that's I. That's not as easy. That's not an easy throw to do accurately fast. It's not. Oh God, no. That know? might be the. That might be one of the more impressive plays on a baseball field. You and I could probably, you know, we could go catch a pop fly. We oh, could yeah. get, you yeah. know, a grounder hit to us. I don't think you or I could throw a baseball from behind third base and pop them in at first. I don't know. It's really hard to, so if, you know, if you ground to a third baseman in, in MLB, that's pretty much an out, right? In, in, again, it's softball, but still, if you ground to the third baseman in softball, you have a good chance of making it just because, (laughs) you know, it's a hard throw. It it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brian. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on here because I'm ready. I have I'm ready. some exciting news. After your uh, <laughs> your uh, quiz last time, I had to come up with my own. Um, okay. So I, I didn't really have a theme, and then I developed a theme about halfway through <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> so so these are somewhat random oddball questions, but okay. All right, are you ready? So there are seven questions, but I'm I'm thinking. Yeah. All right, all right. So number one. What are, also, you, 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 what are you thinking? There's seven questions, but you're thinking what? So I'm trying to decide if I want to combine like like four of them here. Uh, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Here's, yeah, I will. All right. So the first question. Who's the only coach 
to win both an NCAA basketball title and Larry an NBA Brown. title. Larry Brown. With who? Wow. Wow. Who, who did he win them with? Uh, well, he won a 1988 uh, NCAA championship with uh, Kansas University. Then uh-huh. he left, and uh, they were put on restriction because he had some uh, nefarious activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then the question is, what NBA championship did Larry Brown win a team with? Or what team did he show? He did, not win it. he did not win it with the 76ers. Yeah, he was hand. the Pacers coach. He nope. was the 76ers coach. Nope. Who else did he coach famously after he the coached. Pacers? Oh, the Pistons. You know, I've met, yeah, Pistons. the Pistons, 2004. Yeah. I met Larry yeah. Brown. Ben Wallace. Yep. Rip, Rip Hamilton. When he was uh, the coach of the Pacers, I met him. Got really? Got to shake his hand. Yeah, I was a kid. All right. It's pretty cool. All right. Okay. All right. All right. I got one. I got you one. You got one. You're one for one. All right. So this... I. It's going to shorten the quiz, but I think it'll be fun. So I have four trophy names. Okay. So the name of four trophies. Okay. You have to tell me which one is the NBA MVP trophy, which one is the baseball MVP trophy, (laughs) which one is the NFL MVP trophy, and which one is the NHL MVP trophy. So are you ready for these names? The how's this gonna work? Oh, wait, so okay, yeah, uh, right. you, I'm just gonna give you four names. Oh, 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 you're gonna give me four names. I have to tell I'm gonna you give support. you four names of oh, trophies okay. and you put them in NFL, order. So, yeah, MLB, all right, uh, NBA, Are you ready? and NHL. All right, I'm ready. Yeah, this okay, I got it. Okay, so the first first one, I, I'll just ask you first and you, you tell me what you think it is. I think that's what we'll do, but you okay. know, I just wanted to give you the four options so that you're aware of where this is going. NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball, NBA, and NHL. Oh, the four Got majors, basically. Got it. Yeah. All right. I'm going to nail this. Yeah. Okay. The Joe F. Carr Trophy. Major League Baseball. Eh, wrong. Oh, Joe Carter. Joe F. Carter? Joe F. Carr. Joe F. Carr. Oh, Carr. I thought you said Joe Carter. <laughs> you are such a... <laughs> Carr. I, I was thinking Joe Carter, because we all know who Joe Carter yeah. was. Right, Carter. right, right. Joe Carter, right. just just Joe Carr. Yeah. Uh, I, all right. Um, give give me the next name. Okay. So that that wasn't right. So the next one <laughs> this is a classic name, the Kennesaw Mountain Landis Trophy. Baseball, Major League Baseball. That is the baseball trophy. Yeah, he was a judge. Actually, they called him Judge Kennesaw Mountain yeah, Landis. That is accurate. Yeah, yeah, they called him. Judge, so that yeah. is the actual name of the. He was of, he, he of was the, the owner of the MVP Philadelphia team. Athletics, and he always that's, wore a suit. That's more than I know. So yeah, he, he owned the Philadelphia Athletics, and then eventually they moved to Kansas City. They were Kansas City Athletics, and then the and then Kansas City couldn't keep him because they didn't build a new stadium, so they moved to Oakland, and then four years later, Kansas City got the the Royals. All right, well, so congratulations! I got, so you, you got you got one. All right, the next one. Judge 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 Kennesaw Mountain Landis. The Con Smythe Trophy. NHL. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The Maurice Podoloff Trophy. M- Maurice Podoloff. That's, that's the name. He sounds like a black Polish man. I don't know who he is. I didn't, I didn't do research on who he was. Maurice Polakoff. Poladoff, come on. Poladoff. Podoloff, P-O-D-O-L-O-F-F. He's he's a very tall, black, Polish individual who probably played defensive line for 
either the Milwaukee Bucks or the Green Bay Packers. Um, Maurice Podoloff. That would be the NFL. Nope. God damn it. Wow. He is the, that is the name of the NBA MVP trophy. I, he was the commissioner of, or the commissioner of the NBA until uh, 19 or 1963. He is Ukrainian of descent. <laughs> you, you were, you so were he, close with the Polish thing. Yeah. He was Eastern European. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that's not right. That's not right. <sighs> okay. So the Joe F car is the only one you did not. Well, you didn't get two of them, but the no, Joe I, got, F. Carr I got two trophy. out of four. Yeah. yeah. What that's which one is that now? That would be the NFL. There you go. Yeah. So, okay. in fairness, the Joe F. Carr Trophy has been renamed subsequently to just the NFL MVP Trophy, but it was originally the Joe F. Carr Trophy. I so. swear, I thought you said Joe Carter, who famously ended the 1993 World Series for the Toronto Blue Jays by hitting a home run off Mitch Williams. Famously. So yeah. Famously. You, yeah. That's what he's known for. So two for four on that. <sighs> and then you got the first question. So you're three for five right now. You're 60%. Okay. All, All right. right. Three for five. That was a All good right. one. That was a good one. All right. So this is, you have to, you have to name one. So there are three players that have played not one, but have all played in the little league world series the College World Series, and the Major League Baseball World Series. So nobody has won all three yet, but there are three players that have played in all three. Can you name one of them? That is ridiculous. <laughs> this... you, you, you will 100% know one of these. You may know two of them. You should know two of them. I don't think you'll get the other guy. How many guesses do I get? At least 10, I'll, right? I'll, I'll give you three guesses. That's horse shit. <laughs> I, 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 want, I want seven guesses. All right, how about this? I'll give you three guesses, and I give you a hint for two of them. Is that fair? Yeah. All right, yeah. so the first hint is one of these players won a World Series with the Boston Red Sox. So that should put you in an era that you can understand at least. What are you talking about? They've won four World Series in the last. Like, I, I understand years. that, but it's not like from the seventies or something. So, Dustin Pedroia. It's not a bad guess. I think he was a pretty good college player. Jason Veritek. That is correct. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> Jason Veritek. He is from Alamana Springs, Florida. He played in the 1984 Little League World Series. He played in the 1994 what? College World Series for Georgia Tech. And he what? won the 2004 Major League Baseball World Series. Okay, pretty good. All right, I'm All impressed. Right. That I, was good. That All was, right, well, let me give you fine. one other hint and see if you can get this guy. I didn't recognize him, but we both saw him play live. So mm. I believe we did at least. This man played but did not win a World Series for the New York Mets. Oh, oh, um, shit. Uh, fuck, well, he's heavy. He's a pitcher. He's heavy. Bartolo Colon. No. Mm. I don't. David Wright? No. Uh, he still plays right now. He's still active for this team. Um, His nickname Noah, is Noah Scooter. 
His nickname Scooter. is Scooter. Um, that's a Simpsons character, isn't it? I don't know. All right. Uh, I don't think I don't, you're going to know this guy. I don't know it then. His name is Michael Conforto. Uh, he's a he's second the outfielder. Player. He's the outfielder oh, yeah, for the New York Mets. Okay. He played in the 2004 Little League World Series, the 2013 College World Series with Oregon State, and he played in the 20, 2015 Major League World Series with the New York Mets against the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. And probably had, probably helped give up an inside-the-park home run to Alcides Escobar in Game 1. I'm impressed you got Veritech, though. I mean, I gave you a hint, but still. I mean, yeah, not bad. Was, no, that was, that, was, that was a blind shot in the dark. Yes. It's impressive, though, that... Only three people have played in them, and nobody's won all of them. Like you would think, somebody yeah. somewhere would have won. You know what well, I mean? Well, I think, I think just because you're great at baseball at 13 doesn't mean you're going to be great at baseball oh, yeah. at 20, yeah. and doesn't mean you're going to be great at baseball. At well, you could also be great in any of them and not be on a winning team, right? So, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, there's we'll a give third that player, to you. Right? We'll, we'll give you that. Too. Yeah. Oh, right. the third it's, player, his name is Ed Vosberg. Nope, not uh, going to get it. <laughs> he, he played in the 1973 Little League World Series. <laughs> so a little before our time. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. So we'll we'll give that one. to you. We'll give that to you. All right. All right. Okay. So four for six. So, so four for six. All, All right. right. So this question, I need, th- there are nine answers to this. So I'm, I need five of them to, for you to get this correct. Okay. All right. I think that's fair. So who has won both the NFL MVP and a Heisman? There are nine answers. I want five. All right. Lamar Jackson. Yep. NFL MVP and Heisman. You know, I'll go four. I'll go four. You can get four. This is tough. Uh, Barry Sanders? Yes. Two more, and I'll, I'll call you call you correct. I mean, this should be yeah. It should be what? It should be pretty easy. Yeah, but uh, who's won the MVP? Um, certainly wasn't Brady. Uh, I'll go Peyton Manning. No, he was the runner-up for the Heisman, but he is the leader with five NFL MVPs. Right, I would have thought. Did, did Luck win an MVP? I'm asking. Uh, he also I, was the runner-up in the Heisman. Luck didn't win a Heisman? Yeah, both Luck and Peyton Manning were the runner. Luck lost out to uh, RG3 in the Heisman. That All right, so I was asking the question you know, to my head, to myself. I was not submitting Andrew Luck as a possible answer. That's fine. That's fair. You're, you're still two. You, you've, I'll give you two more guesses. Three. That's fine. Two out of three. Okay. Yeah, two right. out of three. I mean, I'm not... I'm, I guess you could just keep guessing, but I mean, <laughs> there'll be a point where I'm going to call it no. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else. There, there's one, one more mod, modern era player that you should be able to get. I don't know why you oh, haven't God. guessed this already. Um, Mahomes never won the Heisman. Brady, Kaepernick never won a Heisman. Oh, this is tough. Elliot never, Ezekiel Elliott has not gotten that MVP. All right, is it a, go ahead. Is it a quarterback? Well, yeah, I mean, every, only quarterbacks have won MVPs in like the that's, last thirty that years. True. So I don't. Aaron Rodgers, he certainly never won a Heisman, but he's won some MVPs. Fuck. Uh, oh, Cam Cameron. There you go, Cam Newton. Yeah, Cam Newton with uh, right. that stellar year at Auburn. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. All right. Okay, that makes All right. Sense. So now we're getting back into the pre-quarterback era a little bit. All right. How about how about Bart Starr? No. That's good. That's uh, close. You're close though. How about Johnny Unitas? No. Shit. Uh, let's go with some older running backs. How about Jim Brown? No. God. Jim Brown did not. He was like the fifth for the Heisman, I believe. At Syracuse. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. I mean, come Herman on. Thomas? Of, no, he never wanted. Think it. of like amazing running backs. Um. Emmett Smith? No. Emmett Smith did not win the Heisman. No. Uh, shit, 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 shit. Charlie Ward didn't even have a career in the NFL. No. And he wasn't a running back. Give me a decade. All right. So we'll go. There was three of these in the 70s. Two of them were running backs. There's only one player from the 80s. I got him, Barry Smith. Or Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was not an 80s NFL player. I mean, probably started well, he, then. But he won the, he won the okay. MVP in 1997. Oh, all right, uh, 70s. Running backs in the 70s. Uh, O.J. Simpson. There you go. I don't know how you didn't get this guy. The juice. Yeah. The I, only first player to break 2,000 yards. Yeah, I see it now. Okay. I, I uh, needed a lot of hints there. That I know, not, it's okay. That, I'll, I'll, get, I'll just read off the list for you now. So all right, yeah. You're not going to know this guy because I don't Frank Sinquich. First guy to do it. Uh, right. But the rest of these you should know. Paul Hornig, the yeah. uh, uh, gr- or the Green Bay quarterback. Roger Staubach. Pretty, I thought Bart Starr was, was, Bar- Star was the Green Bay quarterback. Uh, I think they had multiple. <laughs> I mean, they've had like f- that's, multiple that's really true. good quarterbacks. It's Green Bay. Yeah, Green so. Bay, they, they've been blessed in that. Yeah. In that. Okay, all right, all right, gotcha, gotcha, moving on. So Roger Staubach, the Juice, O.J. Simpson, Earl Campbell, famous uh, name, but maybe not not on the top of your lips. I can't yeah. believe you didn't get Marcus Allen. Oh, I forgot that he won the high, I didn't know yeah. he won the MVP. Yeah, remember he ran for USC? I mean, this was a little yeah. before our time, to be honest, but he was pretty, he was pretty yeah, famous I, player. I always so. associated him as like a Bo Jackson backup, and then he, he finished his career in Kansas City. That's a good running back, but I never really saw him at his peak. All right, all right. Yeah, Marcus Allen, he was good. And then you got Barry Sanders, Cam Newton, and uh, and our boy this year, uh, Lamar Jackson. So Yeah. All right, Not bad. I question. mean, you didn't do terrible, though. It, it wasn't um, terrible. It's hard once you go back because you think of all – I mean, it, if you think of that's actually kind of rare. Only nine people have done it with how many people win the Heisman, you know? Yeah, I think so. the Heisman's more – I don't know if I'd say political, but you know, I think it depends on marketing well, campaign. Storyline a lot, you know, and yeah, like who was that linebacker for the Notre Dame a few years ago, Mark Mateo, right? Yeah, he didn't. Like, win he was it, a finalist. Was yeah, yeah, he was a finalist, and he was pretty much shit in the NFL. Yeah, so so yeah. we'll give you a three out of seven there. I think. All right. Total. All right. That's not terrible. Wait, wait, wait. no, no. I was at four, four out of six. Four, four out of seven. Then. Four and a we'll half. Four and a half. We'll give you four and a half out of seven. All right. Four and a half. I don't know what that percentage, but. It's not. It's not terrible. Okay, that's all I had. I, all right, that's all I, had. I got. I got a not terrible. Yeah, I, I, I thought. Would, I thought it would be fun to to compare all these different things. I don't know why. Yeah. But all right, listeners, let us know if you did better than me on the Brooks and Herman podcast uh, quiz. If you can beat four and a half out of seven, <laughs> then uh, let us know in a tweet. 
and we'll uh, get back to you. Tweet with some at of us. Our, yeah. yeah, tweet at us, and we'll get back to you with some of our swab. Or swag. swab? Or swag. swag. Yeah, Brooks swag. and Raymer swag. Yeah. Yeah, we nah. got shirts and Yeti coolers and stuff. So Yeah. So just, just let us know and uh, on your own personal honor and recognizance. We'll uh, we'll get you back with some Brooks and Raymer merchandise and uh, make it worth your while. So I, I think that that's a pretty good wrap-up for another Brooks and Raymer podcast with another exemplary opening as we're known just throughout the industry for. Nailed the opening. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, to no one's surprise, because that's what they come. It happens for. every time. Yeah, exactly. So it's almost like, why are they still talking about it? Uh, of course, they nailed the intro. No one's surprised. That's the expectation. Is anybody still listening to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we get it. The podcast's over. Just shut up. <laughs> They've moved on. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>